am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep, and runs away. And the wolf snatches them. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because the hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. There will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Hi, I'm Charlie Keith, and I'm a senior at South County High School and I will be attending Virginia Tech in the fall. The sermon today of the Good Shepherd reminds me most of the responsibilities I have. It reminds me of responsibilities I have as a student, brother, son, athlete, youth elder, and most importantly, a member of this congregation. These three responsibilities come in categories. Responsibility to myself, to others, and to my faith. For many people, being responsible to themselves is very hard to do because there's often lack of motivation. For example, going to the gym and exercising for an hour is much better for you than watching another episode of Big Bang Theory. However, watching Sheldon Cooper is much more entertaining than lifting weights. But that's why the good things in life don't come easy. You can't get stronger by sitting on the couch. Challenging work must be done to see progress, to see achievements, and hopefully see success. I faced a challenge just yesterday morning when I chose to take the AB Calculus Practice exam at 7.30 in the morning. I decided to wake up early, eat only a banana for breakfast, and not play video games on my Saturday morning. Even when the teacher announced that there would be a practice, practice exam, I thought, boy, you'd have to be an idiot to come to school early on a Saturday. But there I was. I didn't go because I had to. I went because I wanted to better myself. I wanted to get better at taking tests so that I would be prepared when it was time for the real one. I sacrificed my time and energy to better myself, just as I have done with my faith. I have been coming to this church ever since I can remember. I was even baptized here 17 years ago by Karen Blomberg. The first true memory of the church was when I received my first Bible in third grade. I've always cherished that Bible, not just because of all the cool stickers in the back, but because it was my first tangible step at becoming a Christian. It taught me to question things I didn't understand and to ask why instead of why not. I also grew my faith through the confirmation class in eighth grade. The class taught me the core values of Christianity, and my faith grew even further when I became a youth elder. 
It showed me the business side of the church and how heated a debate can get on what color the new hymnal should be. <laughs> the church has taught me to love myself and to love my family. It has taught me to be the best of who I can be so that I not only help myself, but help others. Helping others is certainly the number one thing that was Mr. Presbyterian has taught me. The first time I did community service through the church, it was with the Adopt-A-Family program around Christmas. This was when we bought presents for a family that was less fortunate than us, and we gave the presents to them at Christmas. It made me so happy knowing that we were helping a family in need. Another thing we do here at the church is the Rise Against Hunger Project. This is when we have several assembly tables and where the youth, administration, and congregation can come and help make over 10,000 meals for hungry men, women, and children all over the world. It's an amazing experience because we make 10,000 meals in less than two hours, and it shows how much of a difference about a group of 30 people can make. And it also represents our responsibility to others and how it is our duty as Christians to give help to those in need. Perhaps my favorite thing the youth does is going on the mission trips. Last year we went to Alaska, where we stayed at Globe Creek Camp, which is about an hour outside of Fairbanks. And there we helped build another log cabin for the camp. We helped a separate father and daughter farmer do weeks of work, work in just two days. We also went to Minto, Alaska, where we helped cut down vegetation for a local Native American tribe. And what I liked about this tribe is that when their last name translated to English, it translates to Charlie. So what turned out to be my favorite part of the whole week was when I met a man there named Keith. And of course, I had to take a picture with him so I could have Keith, Charlie, and Charlie Keith standing side by side. In Alaska, I never did see a moose or a bear or an elk, or hardly a bird for that matter. The only nature I ever saw were the beautiful trees, the sun that never set, and mosquitoes big enough to bite you through a bulletproof vest. The thing I will remember most about the camp is when we asked the camp leader, Mike, why is the camp named Globe Creek? And he said, I asked myself the same thing for a long time. I wondered how a couple mile long creek could be called Globe Creek. Then it hit me. He said, it's called Globe Creek because God loves, overcomes, believes, and endures. And this goes back to being responsible for your faith. We weren't in Alaska just to help ourselves or serve others but to serve God and follow in his path of righteousness. However, this year is the big year for the youth mission trip, not just because it's my last one, but because we're going back to Aiden. Well, I'm going back to Aiden. For most of the youth, or I think all of the youth, it will be their first time going to Aiden. I was one of just a few freshmen who went to Aiden in 2014, and it was the greatest experience of my life. It was a beautiful place. There were beautiful palm trees, luscious green forests, sky blue waterfalls, and I loved meeting the children there, like my friend Anthony, Simon, and everybody's best friend, Jimmy. I liked their personalities because they learned to love what they had and did not worry about the materialistic things. They had good hearts and were accepting of everyone in the youth. That's why I can't wait to go back, to see the same sights, smells, and hopefully interact with the same people I did when I was a freshman. I hope to build more classrooms than we did last time, finish our responsibility to others. However, it didn't feel like a responsibility, because a responsibility is having a duty to deal with something or someone. And to me, responsibilities are like chores. They feel forced, and often I don't want to do them. 
That's why it should be called a service, because a service is the action of doing work or helping someone. A responsibility is something you must do. A service is something you want to do for yourself or for others. I didn't have to take the math test yesterday morning. I didn't have to participate in the Rise Against Hunger or become a youth elder or even go on the mission trips. But I did those things because I wanted to help myself grow and give help to those in need, just as Jesus does in everyday parts of our lives because he is the good shepherd. Jesus didn't have to give his life for us. He didn't have to follow in God's path. He didn't have to live a life without sin, but he did. He did it as a service for us because he is the son of God. He did it so that we may be forgiven. He did it to show God's love for us and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, neither fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky, above, or in the earth below, indeed. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Good morning. Um, I'm Andrew West. I'm a senior at Edison High School. Pretty much since I first started coming to Westminster, kids were attracted to me. During fellowship hour, they would crowd around me and my sister, or just stare, probably wondering who these unfamiliar big kids were. As I came back week after week, I started to learn some of their names. They warmed up to me. I was just beginning seventh grade, and the only kids I spent significant time with were siblings or cousins. But the kids at Westminster changed that. If I didn't want to go to church, I'd go anyways, because I was important to those kids, and they were important to me. I became their friend. Parents started noticing and asking if I was a babysitter. I said, yeah, I babysit my little sister sometimes. I started getting jobs, not just babysitting, but at church events. You'll often see me holding the hand of a four-year-old or playing tag with a third grader. At dinner, I'll sit with a different family just to talk. I've painted faces and joined them on a trampoline. I've carried kids to their family's car and buckled them in because they weren't ready to say goodbye. I feel blessed to be able to do these things. From a very young age, kids are taught that God loved us first, and that is why we should love each other. We are all equal in his eyes, and that is all that matters. When they see the big kids interacting with the little kids, they see that equality in action and they're more likely to do the same. At each baptism, the congregation promises to teach the child and help them grow. And in Mark 10, people were bringing children and even babies just to touch them. The disciples thought Jesus was too important and too busy to deal with the little children, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. God sends gifts in mysterious ways, and these children are gifts that I often take for granted. They help me grow in faith just as much as I can help them grow in faith. 